Talk Recorded live. Hello and welcome. This is Denise Michaels. I'm here with Ray Yerusha, author of Pull the Trigger and CEO of Pull the Trigger Enterprises and Vertex Capital Fund. Today is Tuesday, October the 13th. Hi, Ray. Good morning. Happy holidays. Yeah, thank you. We were uh, Columbus Day, which is like only a bank holiday, bank and post office, right? Yeah. So, although Ernie had to go to the bank yesterday and it was open, you know. So, anyway, um, we were just talking about adding a little paragraph or something in the probate chapter, which, if I remember correctly, I think that's chapter twelve about. Um, connecting with funeral home directors as a source of leads for people who have, um, you know, lost a parent or loved one and now they have a property that they need to dump or get rid of before something goes into probate. So, anyway. I don't know. I actually think it's pretty smart. I mean, I know you're laughing and I'm laughing, but I actually think it's pretty smart, you know? It is smart. Yeah, because you're saying, I mean, in the chapter it says the best way to do this is to connect with attorneys, but what this does for the readers is it gives them two different resources, attorneys and funeral home directors, you know? And and if you look at most of the funeral homes in this country, a lot of them are owned by major corporations. Keep the same name, but they're owned by other people now. Home is real big in this part of the world. You know, and like Ernie's connected with some of them because he does – he does funeral services, you know. Okay. So, at any rate, he's connected with a couple of them around here. You know, some occasionally he does more weddings than funerals. They're happier, you know. Yeah, <laughs> much happier. <laughs> much happier, yeah. yeah. So what else is going on in your world? Um, we have, um, to say the least, and I, I know you're aware of this, we've been working really hard on trying to source out good sellers of property. And uh, we, since the last time we spoke, we got a lot of things blow up on us because uh, the people that represented things that represent them. So we fast forward in time, uh, the last probably 10 to 14 days, we have spent a lot of time pursuing and getting inside some of these bigger companies to buy product from. And uh, we've been successful at that. So now we're working directly with sellers of uh, large pools of property. And that's HOA liens or uh, HOA yeah, liens or other things? Yeah. Uh, REOs, uh, non-performing notes, performing notes, performing assets, um, things that have of interest right now. So when you look at the country, um, HOA liens, we're getting, actually getting a contract signed in Colorado to, to take, take everything they have on an ongoing basis. Uh, so we'll kind of go through the whole system and the whole cycle where we'll be caught up and whatever they get new, they'll bring to us automatically. Uh, and, I mean, it sounds like you're finding plenty of investors to snap this stuff up. Yes. That's, not, the, the, yes, that's the problem with the money. Uh, it's, it's what to spend it on. Correct. So right. right now we're working on a good list. That, uh, I mean, it's been a long, arduous process to get to where we're at today. Wow, it sounds like you've really been through a huge learning curve this year. I thought I knew a lot, and the more I thought I knew a lot, the less I knew. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens as we as we mature, Ray, we realize we don't know beans. You That's know? right. <laughs> With it's, everything it's we know. Learning. Well, you know, I, I you know, I keep thinking about how you know, back several months ago when you were, like, uncovering all this stuff, you know, it was like every time we'd talk, you'd say, God, Denise, there's a lot of money out there, you know. These people, they literally have to spend $100 million or whatever. Well, now that's you, you know. Yeah. So it sounds like, if I'm if I'm correct, the, it, the challenges you're having with some of it is kind of like would fall maybe in the category of, like, due diligence. Like, is yeah. this for real? And the more we find that it's not for real, the, the broker world, as we know it, um, there isn't for a quick buck. That's all they're looking for. And none of them will ever take the opportunity to take the product on themselves and try selling it. They want to sell it without touching it. And in this world, uh, that's very hard to do. You got to mm-hmm. put your skin into it. You got to get the capital, and um, you have to be willing to take that risk that you may not have a buyer for it, not right away, but you will have a kick, buyer for it. Kick the bricks. Yep. Yeah. So um, you're going to be. Um, I know you bought all those those 2,500 properties in Florida. What's the latest on that? Uh, we're still going through the legal process uh, with a lot of them. Um, we had to get an equity partner to help us with that because we didn't have that kind of money to sit on and because um, you have to sit on for at least six to nine months as you go through the legal process. Well, they were all performing, right? I mean, they were all rented. No, not all of them. Some are oh. vacant. So we're trying to take over the property. And the, the so what you have to do is you have a lien, and this is the right of the HOA in Florida, is to actually foreclose on that property. There's some hurdles you got to go through. So you got to go through the normal uh, Florida, like Illinois, and half the states in the union are they, what they call judicial states, legal process you have to follow. Right. You can't just, right. like, you know, Nevada and Colorado are deep states, a little bit faster, but you can get it done. And there's the different mechanisms you have to put in place to make it happen. So when you get a lien, it's not just having a lien. Now you got to file foreclosure. And then from there, you have to go through a sheriff's sale. And from there, either somebody's going to buy it or you get the property and then you got to go through confirmation hearing. And by that time, you should have a, uh, uh, a certificate of title to get clear title. So you have to do that with each one at a time? Yeah. Each one. Because oh. I remember, I, I'm going to have to change this in, the, in these chapters, look it over. You had said with one bang of the gavel, you know, we're thinking they're going to adjudicate like, 10,000 properties somewhere. Now they're doing them bit by bit, huh? Yeah, based on what we understood at the time we discussed that, that's what we were led to believe. Understanding that I've been through foreclosures uh, in Illinois, and I know it doesn't happen that way, but they said if you do it in bulk, it could happen. Right. Yeah, because when you told me that, it's like, well, if if you purchase them in bulk, why couldn't you you know, have them all move through the legal process in bulk, you know? Well, that's the, uh, in in a perfect world, that's that's good thinking, but we found out that it's not the proper way of looking at things. And um, 
it's also again, it's, the reality is we're affecting 2,500 families. Right. We are going to displace 2,500 families. Well, if they're, well, yeah, and they were all in, uh, what was it, what did you say, Kissimmee, Florida? Yeah. Okay, and are some of them living in there, not paying their mortgages, and some of them are paying rents? Well, that's the uh, the oddity of it. Not one of them is behind in the mortgage payment. Not one of them. Just uh, HOA fees. So, hmm. So, so, oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, so here's here's the game. Is that if so I you have the legal right to kick these people out because they haven't paid legally? Correct. Correct. Right. And because we have the right to foreclose, we will are pursuing that. So the 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 attractiveness of the opportunity was, if I pay eight grand for something. I file foreclosure on successful, say it cost me another 2000 in legal fees. So I got 10000 into this. But the property's worth 180 Right. Right. I, I thought you said mo- most, of them were, most of them were condos. No, these are all single-family homes. They're single-family homes. Okay. Yes. Okay. 180000 That's in, in Florida, that's like a condo close to the beach or something. You know, and I know Kissimmee isn't close to the beaches. So. These are all uh, three two bedrooms, four three bed. Uh, excuse me, three bedroom two baths, four three baths. We got some houses that are six and four baths, and that wow. house there's worth about four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow! So when we look at the average of the package, we knew that twenty five hundred homes is worth about four hundred million dollars in, in value. Wow! It's easy to kick out the people who haven't been paying their mortgages because you know they know the gig is going to be up one of these days. Right. But just lean, they don't. They're not. They're not. They're familiar with the law, but not to the point where they can actually lose their home. Right. So, like, right. you take the ones in uh, in Colorado. We're picking those up for an average of thirty five hundred dollars a piece. How much? Say that again. Thirty five hundred. Oh, thirty five hundred. Wow. Jeez. So, and are those condos or single family homes? Single family homes. Performing or non-performing? Uh, yeah, I can have this conversation with you now. Right. <laughs> they're performing. Okay. All right. And the thing that is, like, there's a couple homes that work between uh, eight hundred thousand and a million dollars. Wow. Go live in Colorado, Ray. It's beautiful out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, My sister well, lives in Littleton. It's beautiful. What if I'd say their home of, is about 400k. I would guess, you know. Yeah, well, good, nice there. property. So we have this package we're looking at right now. There's a few properties in uh, Nevada, North Las Vegas. So Sean mm-hmm. goes this morning. He goes, "Well, we just keep the one in North Las Vegas for ourselves. Use as a corporate retreat. Anybody who wants to go there, he says, well, uh, the house will be furnished and ready to go. We'll park a car there, so that way, if somebody wants to drive, they have a car to get around in." He says, we'll just, uh, he said, Do you have any idea, like, what area of North Las Vegas or main roads or anything like that? 
I don't have it on top of my head here. I could get you a couple okay. addresses. Okay. Okay. I could drive by and tell you what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But these are all rehabbed and everything. So, and uh, he was uh, telling me there's a program called a uh, Home Away. Home Away. You can actually get like one month's rent in one week. Well, there's things like there's things like Airbnb. Okay. Are you familiar with that? No, I'm not. Okay. So Ernie and I we've done this in we've done Airbnb in Seattle, in Vancouver, we did it in Spain. You know, we've done it in a few different places, but basically what you're doing is you could when we've done it, we've always rented the entire place, which could be a little apartment or it could be a whole house. And people will, um, like a four-bedroom house, people will rent it out for, say, a small family reunion for a week or something like that, you know. And yeah. the close, it depend, you know, it's, again, it's real estate, right? So it's location, location, location. My son-in-law, a couple of months ago, he and two other couples rented a house in Newport Beach that was like, you know, you walked out the door and there was the beach right there, and it was like $10,000 for one week, you know, because it was right out in the water, right? Right. You know, now, North Las Vegas, depending on where it's at, if it's real close access to a freeway, is maybe 20 to 30 minutes away from the strip. You know, now not everybody cares about being right on the strip. Some people like to be away from it, you know, if they're there for family things, like, you know, maybe a wedding or, and they're going to put up a bunch of family members there or something like that. But um, two websites to check out where you put it online and you can do that is Airbnb. Airbnb, okay. Air, yeah, B I. A I R B N B. Yeah, like bed yeah. and breakfast, right. Airbnb.com is one. And then the other one is um, V like Victor, R like rabbit, uh, B like boy, and O like octopus. And that's vacation rental by owner. Okay. And these things are like all over the world. I mean, if I wanted to go to Athens, Greece, you know, for a few days, I could go rent, you know, say a two-bedroom apartment for Ernie and I or whatever, you know, if it's just the two of us, we don't need a whole house, you know. And it's generally less expensive than a hotel most of the time, and yet there's more amenities like, um, you know, one thing is there's a kitchen, there's, you know, um, living spaces rather than just like a hotel lobby. I mean, I've right. gotten to the point with hotels where if I'm only staying at a hotel for, say, a conference or a seminar, of course I'll stay at the, you know, whatever hotel it's at, like a Hyatt or, you know, whatever. But right. when I'm traveling, it's like now for me to travel somewhere and stay in a hotel room, I kind of feel like I'm trapped without like a living room and, you know, the ability to do laundry if I'm there for a few days and a kitchen so I can, you know, make my tea and a couple scrambled eggs for breakfast or a sandwich for lunch yeah. or whatever, you know. Right. And um, we did that in Barcelona and we did it in Madrid, you know. 
So That's a good way anyway. of traveling. Smart way yeah. of traveling. Oh, yeah, it's great. And I'll tell you what, hotels are stomping mad about it. They're looking to try to put it out of business, you know. <laughs> So, um, and just just like with Uber, you know, the taxis are like yep. just ticked off with the whole Uber thing, you know. But yeah, well, Airbnb. Are tired. What's that? As the people are tired, uh, they want more choices. Right. They right. Want, and they also want the the relaxation of a home. If it could be there a week, or five right. days, or three days. But, but, like, if you're going to rent it out as a vacation rental, there's things that you can do so that it, it um, what do I want to say, so that it's attractive to vacationers, okay? Yeah. Like, if yep. there's a jacuzzi in the backyard, you know, that's a really nice amenity for, you know, uh, vacationers, right? Or, um, you know, different things that make it, nice for vacationers if it's a house you know having like a nice dining room table where we can get together and you know have breakfast around the dining room table and all that it's a nice thing to have you know so it's like look at those things and then there's a show on one of the diy channels that's um you know with these couples it's like it's i think it's called something like vacation home for free and the idea is, is they look at some real ideal properties in the area and then they buy a fixer-upper and try to give it some of the same amenities so it'll be hot and in demand to rent out, you know, for that. So anyway, yeah, it's it's very doable. People are doing it. Well, I, th- I think that, um, I don't know, like Sean's been talking about putting something in the Hamptons or, um, you know, some other beach Miami kind of go in the same process, right. especially the way we buy houses. So it wouldn't be, we, we, our strategy is, in, like we got a pool of 240 properties. We can peel a couple of them off and actually get it for free. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't cost us anything other than furnishing and whatever else has to be done to the property. And then we just rent it out for vacationers right. and by the week. And in Colorado, if any of them are near any of the ski properties, that's like huge, you know? Yep. Right? Like Breckenridge or, you know, Copper Mountain or something like that. You know, that's that's big. So anyway, yeah, we we like Airbnb. It's it's a great way to travel because, you know, you're not all cramped up in a hotel room, you know? I believe... Check in or check out. Right. I believe the secret to marital marital happiness is separate bathrooms, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> you you generally don't get that with uh, with a hotel room, right? No, you don't. You know, you usually cramped in some spot, and uh, unless you go up to a higher end, uh, the best room I ever had was at the Phoenician in Arizona. Oh my God, that property is gorgeous. And uh, we stayed there a couple times, and. I mean, the bath, well, the whole place is huge. I know. Uh, I know. It was massive. Yeah. Oculus. You could actually put four people in the shower if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. 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 So but, I uh, stayed at uh, um, Caesars, and they had big, huge marble showers that were like the size of a, wa- a small walk-in closet, you know. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. So. But, but well, that's, uh, you know. So that's why it's one of our ideas and you know, something we've been talking about. And then um, the other 
things you've been really involved in to actually complement the book, I'm deeper into it now than I have been in the past, is buying notes. So right, right now, uh, if you take the large uh, invitation homes, Waypoint Homes, Colony, American Homes for Rent, a lot of these companies in the last 12 to 18 months have been buying non-performing notes. Mm-hmm. And so I've been avoiding those for a long time because I know that uh, with compliances and laws and that, it's more than just buying a note or buying notes. You have right. to have a servicer behind it, all the things that go with it. Right. Well, and you're the bank, you know. Yeah, we're the bank. So. We can do whatever we want with it. But the opportunity represented itself. We met a group. They said, look, if you buy a note, we can have the deed and have the property rented out to the owner, now the previous owner, within 14 to 30 days. And I, I, I'm listening. And I'm like, well, how do you do that? Well, a lot of the banks have been doing this for a while. Not so much renting it, but they've been getting uh, deed in lieu of foreclosure. So the homeowner gives up their rights just by walking away. And they identify the bank so they won't sue them later. So if you most of the notes you're buying today are at the end of whatever process they've been going through. They've been trying to load monitor, try a lot of different things. What we can do is actually come in and say we got a we got a better program. I see you'll be buying like bundles of notes. You know, like, I, I mean, with what you're doing, I can't see you buying onesies and twosies, you know? No. The, the, most of the stuff that comes to us are 1000 at a time, 500 at a time. Like, we're bidding out eight in New York right now. And we got uh, another seven in Michigan we're bidding on. And uh, My own when, when they come to down. us, yeah. And so when you, so for us, we said, okay, this is our long-term wealth wealth building. The if we buy a package of three hundred, we'll sell off two hundred, we'll keep a hundred. And we'll do this ourselves. Right. And the ratios are about sixty percent that you'd be successful with the rental program. So what does that do for us? In thirty days, you buy the note, get them to rent, you get the D and Lou. Now you have sixty homes at a thousand dollars a month rental. If it's that or higher, you got sixty thousand dollars a month within thirty to sixty days. Plus, you got another sixty thousand coming in security deposits. Mm-hmm. Other forty, we're still going to pursue twenty to help them with uh, either deed, uh, do a modification if that's what they want, or do a uh, deed uh, cash for keys. And the last twenty, uh, we may not give them that to foreclose on, or we'll sell them off. So right. the reason I'm sharing this with you, what we're trying to do with people that want to buy REOs, because there's not enough REOs out there, we're going to switch the paradigm on them to look at NPNs. What's NP- oh, non-performing notes? Yep. Yeah. Because there is a plethora of them out there. There's more than we can shake a stick at. Do you think all of this is like leftovers, the dregs of, you know, 2008, 2009? I think a lot of it is because if you look at some of the delinquencies, so what's, what's the challenge right now? The Bank of America just sold $1.2 billion. 
were involved with uh, Fannie Mae. They're getting ready to sell another $1.2 billion. Last year, HUD did $5 billion. Freddie did two sales already this year that totaled another $2 billion. Fannie Mae's getting ready to do another billion at the end of this year for 2016. Now, are, uh, these, aren't, these aren't foreclosures. These are non-performing notes. Well, they're at the brink of that foreclosure process or to get ready right, to get right, into it but, or they started. Right, but what we said in the chapter is rather than going to foreclosure, they sometimes the bank will just choose to sell notes. So these are like huge lumps of notes that Freddie Mae and Fannie, uh, whatever, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae are, are selling off, yes, rather than going yes. to foreclosure. And that's why they're doing it, Denise. But there's so many delinquencies out there with some of the same issues that they had in 2007, 8, 9, 10, that uh, the government, because these are government-sponsored uh, entities, won't allow the foreclosure to take place. Wow. They can't afford okay. to. Yeah, well, what you said in the chapter, I know because I've just, you know, been going over all these chapters again, is that if they did foreclosures on all of them, it would just create a tumble in the economy almost like it did in 2008. Right. Right? Yep. And they don't want to do that. They they don't, and they can't, we can't afford to as a country. So you're, go go ahead. Go ahead, finish your thought. I was, I was going to say in DS News today, I forwarded the article, it said delinquencies are down. <clears throat> What's down? Read that, delinquencies. Oh, delinquencies, okay. Yeah, and I'm reading that because I know what they're doing with the delinquent, delinquent paper. They're selling it off. So if you look at so the books. So it's no longer delinquent, it's just on paper, really. Right. And Got the it. investors are the ones taking care of it. The investors are the ones making it good or bad because they have that right to own it now to the bank. Right. It's not like the homeowner caught up on their mortgage or something. No. You know, they just they just struck it from the books by selling the note. Right. And, you know, the, the challenge with our country is there's still not enough jobs, not enough good-paying jobs. Um, some people are still reeling from, you know, 08, 7, 9, 10. Uh, that's still taking place. And right. uh, some are still what they call adjustable rate mortgages are kicked in. They went from like say five percent to eighteen percent or fourteen percent, uh, which they weren't prepared for. Uh, they couldn't get rid of the property because it's upside down. I mean, there's a host of issues that is still there. This could be another five years to eight years before it's all cleaned up. Okay. Wow, that's a long time, huh? Well, There's I so mean, much inventory out there, though. I mean, the people are just—it's uh, not people; it's just the system the way it's designed right now. But this, this, this is, is, this is fascinating. So, in—I'm—I'm going to jump backwards a few minutes. So, yeah. in Florida, you've got this 2,500. They're all performing notes, but they haven't paid their HOAs. So, you've got the right to take them over. Are you going right. to get a, a firm in there to to do that, or? Yeah, we got we got a law firm on it now because we have to do the foreclosure process. Right. Is it, called, is it called? Is it called? Is it called foreclosure in that instance because they're yeah. performing but just not with the HOA? It's still considered a foreclosure. Correct, because we do. It's like a tax lien. 
a tax lien has a right to foreclosure. You have to go through a process there, too. Right. You have to actually right. foreclose, do the legal notices, all the notifications, all the public awareness of what you're doing. And the same thing with an HOA lien. Everything has to be public and have it above board. On the note, you still have a process to go with that, too. So you have a servicer that can service it. They can take your loan modifications. They can do a lot of things legally to be in compliance. The rental is just a little twist we're putting in there to do it faster. And the difference between the HOA versus the, the note, our goal is to keep more people in their properties. Now, somebody may say, well, they're renting from you. Yes, they are. They'll, the way credit is for rentals today, it's very stringent. It's almost as bad as a bank by buying, like buying a home. Mm-hmm. And you have to have deposits, all things that go with it. In this particular case, we're giving them actually a three-year rental, one year at a time with the escalating costs and then rents. We believe three years from now versus two years ago, whatever issues they had, loss of job, they got a new job, loss of uh, if they had a divorce, they're getting back on their feet. You know, all the things that they went through, now they're starting to rebuild again. We believe in three years they'll be ready to buy again, and we give an option to buy on their property. Right. They don't have to, but they have an option so, to. Sort of a lease option situation. Yeah, without anything, no credit. So the, the language there will be lease option, but at the end of that term, if we're going to sell the property, we always get that first right to refusal on it. So your strategy is to get rid of the mortgages, and now you're the bank, and, and work with the people in a possible lease option situation rather than kicking people out of their homes. Correct. It's a very, very stressful. Man, you know how to get yourself into a puddle of uh, (laughs) (laughs) S-H-I-T. But you'll make a boatload on it. (laughs) Holy cow. Just think about it for a second. It's safe that you get a couple that has a high school child that has a couple years left. Every night they go to bed, they're sweating. How, well, how are we going to do this? What if we get kicked out? Where are we going to go? Is our kids going to change schools? And we come in and say, we have an alternative. But this is what, this is what you have to do. This is what we'll do. Right. Their neighbors know they're in trouble just by loose conversation, whatever that is. We're able to solve that problem in 30 days. The, well, the staff, I mean, the, the, the homeowners... Like, the homeowners will be thrilled, you know. It's yes, the bankers will. that will be pissed off at you. No, they won't. They will not. And the reason why, we took a problem from them and made it better. Oh. Yeah, but they're they're performing. They're paying their mortgages is what you said. And most no, of them... What they're going to be doing in this case, on the, on the note side of the house, they weren't paying. Now we own it, and now they're renting from us. Right. We identify the mortgage. We, we identify the lender. We identify ourselves. Because in this country, you have up to seven years to sue someone, especially in the mortgage industry, if you felt you were done wrong. Statute of limitations. Yes. But if we identify right. you, the ha- banks are happier because they don't have to worry about that house anymore. We know that person's not going to sue us. Mm-hmm. So we help out the system. We're not going to – see, the bank can't do that. 
because they're not, they're not in the rental business. They're not, they're not even supposed to be in the house owning business. Right. We can. It's our money. And again, if you have a hundred thousand dollar property out there, a hundred thousand dollar note, we're trying to buy it for twenty thousand, maybe thirty. And now we tell you that you're going to rent that property. Our thirty thousand dollar investment is still there, but we know that property is worth two hundred, right? One fifty. Wow. Wow. So clearly you've secured a law firm that you think has the ability to to navigate some or all of this with you. Yes. Yes. Well, we wouldn't we, we attempt without a lawyer. We never attempt without a servicer because we couldn't even get a look at something without a servicer. What's a, what does a servicer do? Um, oh, uh, service, you have a servicer uh, on your mind. On your mortgage, you have a servicer, somebody that collects the payments, send you notices, uh, oh, okay. change okay. the escrow accounts, those type of things. And they're okay. licensed to do that. Okay. And the way I the government someone who, like, serves papers if when you're being no. sued yeah. or something. Not, not right. that. Okay. No. Um, well, you got to get down to Florida. What's happening with the uh, thing with your stepdaughter? Um, right now, we are... Uh, we're getting a mediator to uh, talk to both parties, and then there's a court date, December 1st. December 1st? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The mediation are you, takes place between now and then. Are you going down there? Because, I mean, I haven't talked with you in a couple of weeks. Are you going down there to kind of deal with things in person for a few days and then come back? or? I haven't started doing that, but it's it's being called for that. Um I would think so. Yeah, it's we're, we're at the point now that we uh, I gotta get down more frequently, and uh, probably start in the next couple of weeks. We have a lot of activity in Florida. We have a lot of activity in Colorado, um, and so we're gonna be going back, back and forth between both places. Right, right. I think the complexity of like what you're doing, um, you know, while. You know, I enjoy having the conversation with you about it, of course, but it probably is not um, suitable for the book for somebody getting started. You know, no. certainly the, the funeral thing is, you know, but the other thing is, is I I, I want to kind of ease up a little bit on the um, in the HOA liens chapter. You know, helping helping the reader understand it a little bit better based on what you're learning now, you know, without making it too complex that it might scare them away. Does that make sense? It, and it will. And it would. I know my you know? students, it's the same thing. They're, In they're other like, words, they're, encouraging if, if they're going to do something this, like this, they need to do their due diligence to say, okay, this person hasn't paid their HOA lien, but are they paying their mortgage? Because that impacts what you're going to do with it, you know, if you're able to buy it or buy a bundle. And the smartest thing to do is go through Vertex Capital Group. Correct. You know. So, and and let them handle the due diligence and the the knowledge you need to make it work. Does that, does that make sense? 
it does make sense because even the, the challenge we have is, um, I'm going to say sophisticated investors are, that have 10, 20, 30 million dollars at the disposal to get them sometimes to understand what we're talking about. We have to slow it down a little bit. Right. Right. Qualified investors. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's a it's a tough game out there. Um, because not everybody, like the book is designed to broad everybody's thinking of what's available out there in the marketplace. And unfortunately, some of the investors, they get some of it. Again, the ones at the high end, they get it all. I mean, they're doing every every bit of it. The ones in the middle, uh, they're not quite sure what is out there available to them. So they're seeking alternatives. But then it takes them a while to get their head around the alternative. Even though it's not stocks or equity or SEC, it looks more and more, you know, if they're investing with through Vertex, it looks more and more kind of sort of like a mutual fund. Yeah. You know, except it's real yeah. estate, not stocks. Yeah. You know. Correct. So, okay. And um, one of the things in... I don't know if it was the last conversation or the one before that. We talked a little bit about you kind of want to reinvigorate the school in Florida once you're down there. Or are you already doing stuff to kind of start making that happen? I haven't uh, relaunched it again. I'm working with my existing students that I'm trying to teach them something different again. And they... um, the thing with REOs on a local level, um, the inventory's kind of dried up. And kind of dried up in Illinois? Is that what you mean? Uh, yeah, because... Well, I, I know it, they were they were out there, you know, beating their feet and doing stuff, and not yeah. a whole ton was happening for them. Yeah, they weren't, get, they weren't getting secure in what they were pursuing, and they're writing the offers and everything, and, and here's what's taking place. So I knew there was, when I was going back a year and a half ago or two, I knew there was an uh, underlying current out there that I wasn't aware of. I, didn't, I knew it was out there, but I couldn't see it or couldn't touch it. Now I'm on this side of the house. When I get these lists of properties, especially the ones in Illinois, and I'm driving around here in my local area, all the houses I see that are for sale, I see on my list. So if we choose to buy them, now I know what happens to them. Mm-hmm. So they get pulled off the market. Yeah, they're on the market. They get pulled off because they, they got it sold. And nobody tells anybody why. It's just it's off the market now. Mm-hmm. And that's why the local investor, the small investor, cannot compete with that. Right. And we're paying less than what's on the market. Mm-hmm. So if the market says 90, mm-hmm. we're paying 44, 40, 50. They're trying to pay 90, 95, 100. So they're overpaying on one hand. And they got to rehab it and get it back to condition. We're looking at this thing and saying we're going to take off 500 of them, but we're only going to pay X. Hmm. Wow. So, have some of your um, students gone in on the HOA liens with you through Vertex? No. Okay. No. I uh, tried in the beginning. That's more of a qualified investor kind of situation it sounds like rather than a student 
situations. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's yeah, just mine. They, they don't have the money to risk. Right. Because it is risk. Do, do I see it a uh, good outcome? Yes, I do. Um, but the question, you know, I ask is that if you lost this money today, would your life be affected? If they say yes, I say it's not for you. Right. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, you've had some real flies in the ointment, so to say, the last couple months with all of this, you know? Yeah, it's been it's been a raw. It's it's odd, not odd. It's, I want to say this. It's been a steep learning curve. It has. One of the things yeah. I said three months ago to my team, I said we got to do this ourselves. In fact, in April, I said on the HOAs, we got to do it ourselves. We can't depend on a third party or somebody knows somebody to get us in. We got to do it ourselves. I said that with REOs. I said that with capital. I you know I said a lot of things. You fast forward in time, over the last three weeks, my message is finally getting through because we have to find our own buyers, we have to find our own sellers, and any additional capital we're going to need. And we got that in place today. And the buyer side, the reason I want our own buyers to source them so we can manage it better. When we're going through a broker or somebody else, we're removed. It's not that we're not uh, completing the job that we want to. Right. And uh, I think that's so true in anything that you do in life. you got to source it yourself because you feel better about it. You have more management of it. You understand it better. They understand you better. And uh, you get things done quicker. And when you start, you know, a friend of mine always had an expression, it's just anytime you insert a humanoid into a process, it gets a chance to mess up. Yeah, well, I think in one of those chapters you said humans will always be humans, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. Some people are always people or I don't know, something close to that, you know. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, I know that you will land on your feet with all of this, and there's a huge payday in it for you, you know. It just, it sounds like the learning curve has just been so steep. And it sounds like a lot of it is just knowing what questions to ask, you know, and and due diligence. And you only have to go through that learning curve once. And once you got it, you got it, you know. Yeah, and um, one of the things that I strive for, as I tell my team, is um, I want to understand it better than anybody. And we're going to get bumps, and we're going to get distracted. We need to understand and go through it, and that way we, we become the experts. And it's like right now, I've been flooding them with information about the future, 2016, 2017, 2018. And I know they're asking me why, and I tell them, I said, you have to be ahead of the marketplace because when people come to us as authorities and experts, they're looking for guidance. Now, do we owe it to them? Well, everybody should make their own decisions. But if we're going to buy from us over and over again, we have to be the expert and draw from all the information we know, articulate it back to them where it makes sense, and they stay with us. Well, and that goes back to the um, the tagline you told me. I hope I remember this correctly. It was something like, start with us, stay with us, grow with us, 
something like that? Yes, perfect. Yes, it is. Exactly. I got it. Oh, I got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. You know, I mean, if you're if you're going to ask people to grow with you, it's like you have to be able to look down the pike, and I think I think that probably makes people feel reassured. You know yeah. that that you're in it for the long haul, not just you know a six month turnaround or something. You know, or the one time so, hit. Right. 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 So, okay. Well, I think what I need to do is kind of relook at some of these, a couple of these chapters that I just sent you to kind of, um, what do I want to say? Massage them a little bit with some of this new information, you know? So anyway, you know, and then I'm, the thing I'm still working out the forward. Um, Jacques is just getting back at town for the last week. And what I did, I sent him the chapter on, um, Job independence and also the millionaire mindset. Okay. And to have okay. a teaser of what he's looking at, so that he can. And I'm going to be. I'm going to engage with him probably tomorrow because I know he's got back in town on Friday. I want to give him a couple of days to catch up. You said you were that this was I think a couple of months ago, um, but you said you were looking at the possibility of somebody who knew Trump and might be able to approach Trump about either a forward or a testimonial. Correct. Are you still feeling that way? Or? I'm, I'm still pursuing that. And I'm just reaching out to a lot of different people that are, uh, one in the heart of New York, because that's where he's based out of. Sure, so sure. Knows, and I'm sure they met him along the lines. And right. uh, I, I, that's how we're, we've been pursuing an island. He's been in, he's been in uh, Vegas a few times recently. You know, yeah. of course, of course he holds, you know, whatever event he's having, he holds at his own hotel here, you know. Yeah. So, anyway. <sighs> okay. All right. Good, good. I'll get that endorsement. Okay. That's what's on my mind. And I think we yeah. met somebody that might be able to do that because she's, she's pretty well connected in New York. Right. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, he's still, he's still holding strong in the polls, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. He's very, the thing that is, he's, number one, he's a salesman. And two, the things that salespeople do best, they adapt. Right, right. Well, so that, you know, what, what he's such a master at is manipulating the media. I mean, you notice oh. he, didn't, he didn't try to come up with something, you know, a couple of weeks ago when the Pope was in the U.S. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't try to come up with some big new proclamation or anything while the Pope was in town. No, he's smart. He waits till after he's flown back to Italy, you know? So, yeah. anyway, he's very well, smart. Right, Peter. Very yeah, smart. He's a smart guy. Yep. Yeah. Well, but, he didn't build what he built from, I mean, I know that uh, his first apartment building was 1,200 units down in Cincinnati. He was 25 years old. And, um, and I know he didn't do it by himself. His dad was already in real estate, but his dad gave him guidance. But he took what he learned and just built into this massive empire. Right. Well, when he was when he graduated from college, my understanding was his dad gave him two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to get started. You know, and this would yeah. be what back in the seventies, I'm guessing. Yep. yep. You know. So that was more money back then. But still, it wasn't, you know, like unlimited money, you know. No. $250,000, he just leveraged it right. That's 
and that's how you bought that building. Exactly, exactly. So, okay. All right. Um, yeah, so, you know, I mean, I am moving forward with the uh, with the proofreading and everything. I, 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 I feel like I absolutely have to have the proofreading in a place where it's in the can by the end of the month, you know. So, anyway, so if that if that's helpful to you at it all. It is, because I, I'm anticipating a January production or launch it by February uh, based on, um, uh, what was her name? I can't, I don't have a copy of my name. Michelle? The person Michelle, Michelle, yes. Michelle, okay. okay. And okay. I, I've been communicating with her, but I want to, I told her that that is my anticipation and, uh, you know, and launch it properly because part of the properness for me was also that forward. Um, I, really, I really do want Jacques to do it because do you think, he knows me. Okay. Do you think you'll be in Florida by the end of the year based on everything going on with this court thing? No. I, I, I gotta believe it's gonna be in January, or February. Okay, all right. Because of uh, it's not gonna have even the court's not gonna make a final decision that day. And that's the right. And I think I gave you the name um, as far as a PR person, um, Annie Jennings. Yeah. Yes. Right. Did you do any on that? I did. Yep. What'd you find out? Well, I found out she's uh, highly recommended, like you mentioned. I mm-hmm. think she's got very she's got a lot of creativity, and I, at least what I've read, she will work like with an unknown author to help promote and get the right exposure in the right venues. Okay. And uh, okay, I like that. Right. Right. It would be a good thing for you to consider. Um, doing some, inner, you know, like even prior to when the book comes out, doing some um, internet radio interviews to, I mean, have you done that radio interviews before? I have not. Okay. I think it would be worthwhile to, to, uh, to do that, you know, to find some, because um, internet radio is typically pretty small audiences, and they're absolutely crying for guests you know, and there's like tons of them, you know, and I would look for internet radio shows that have to do with small business. Okay. You know, and say you're author of the soon-to-be-released book, Pull the Trigger, and and your expertise is in helping people go from job to independence. And that's what business, you know? small business people want to do. Right, and what we could do is we could sort of focus one call on, you know, like maybe the next time we meet in a couple weeks or whatever, we could focus that on um, stuff for your media kit in terms of you need like a list of questions because it's like they haven't read the book. They don't know what to ask you, you know. Right. So, and and like even, even when the book is released, they like you to send them a list of questions and a written bio because 
you know, what happens is they just follow that list of questions. So it makes the interview easy because you know the answers, but you've got to get to where you can put them in sound bites and stuff like that. Right. Okay. Okay. And the other thing I'm I'm thinking, if you decide that you want to work with Michelle and her thing in Texas, is that when she reads the book, you know, like I wrote it with the idea you'd be self-publishing, and then I connected with her, and I thought, well, this could be a better option for Ray, you know. And but what I'm thinking is is. She may or may not, I have no idea, but she might look at some of the things where I've said the best thing to do is connect with pull the trigger enterprises. She might think that's a little too self-serving. I don't know. So if that comes to pass, you know, that's a decision that you need to make. Do you say, no, screw it, I want to keep it the same? Or do you say, okay, I'll change it because I want to work with this person, you know? Okay. So you believe that she's going to read it as though she is editing it or editing, I'm looking for input? I mean, that's not what um, I discussed with her. I said, that's what I published. Because she I goes, normally people go to her for the idea yeah. of liking it or something. Right. I think every publisher that's, you know, worth their salt and takes some pride in what they're doing and everything um, is going to look at it and go, you know, do I want to put my imprint on this? You know, right. does it look like, you know, something that, you know, I feel good about and all of that. I mean, that's, you know, that's the whole process of publishers acquiring books. It's just, I don't know, because I know she works with like speakers and executives and people like that. And so, you know, maybe for her, that's part and parcel of what she does is she deals with people where, you know, their whole reason for writing the book is to promote themselves, you know. So she might look at it and have, you know, no problem with it. Or she might say, you know, we need to soften this a little. You know, she might say nothing at all. You know, I don't know. So anyway, but just just something for you to be aware of. So anyway, okay. Well, I will uh, make some shifts and changes based on our conversation today to the HOA liens uh, uh, chapter, you know. Okay. Um, it's kind of been a moving target as you've been learning more and more about it, you know, and get some more to you. And I know I only sent those four chapters to you like an hour and a half before we got on the call, so you probably didn't have a have a chance to look them over. But no, I would just, I you know, like look over the other ones and skip the H.O. Lean ones because know that I'm going to, you know, make Add some adaptations. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Make some adaptations. Okay. And the probate one, I'll add some stuff like, you know, you got two options. You can go to an attorney or, you know, who is experienced in the probate process, or you can consider looking with funeral home directors that, you know, might know of people who need your help and that are avoiding the probate process. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah, that's pretty straightforward because that's what you're doing. I know you were laughing about that and everything, but I think that's just as valid as anything else, you know? Well, it is. I mean, I, I was laughing because I'm like, I should have thought of that. I never thought about that before. Yeah. Well, any, I mean, anything when it has to do with people who are, you know, dealing with grief, it looks like, you know, 
you know, are you, are you, yeah, are you swooping in on them? But, but no, I mean, those people need resources and they're in a different situation than they've ever been in, in their lives, you know? So. And and the the thing of it is that on the post side of that, that passing, there are lawyers, there's real estate brokers, a lot of people coming at them. Right. Anyways. And they're looking for that property or that commission or that fee and uh, they get overwhelmed. I think right. the funeral directors, they're very compassionate. They're very patient. And they talk quietly and softly, and uh, people will listen to them. Yes, yeah. I think they'll, you know, if they have a positive experience working with a funeral director, they will respect what they say about somebody you might consider working with and getting rid of mom's house, you know. Yep, absolutely. So, anyway, okay. Absolutely. All right, so um, today is Tuesday. Um, you want to schedule a, a call, say, like a week from Friday, just to see where things are at? Yeah, be the 23rd. Yeah, we could do that. Hold on, let me pull up my, my little calendar thing here. So, okay, yeah, the 23rd, our normal time, 1130 your time? Yes. Okay. All right, Mr. Ray. Thank you, Denise. I can't spell. <laughs> All right. You have a great day today. All right. You too. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. I'm done. Wrapped up.